And misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Yeah, baby. It's chilly. It's starting to get a little chilly. It's uh, December and sunny. That's right. It's November. It's November. Gosh darn it. You would think it's December. I'm like, I'm ready to be there. I'm so ready to be there. I know. It was sunnier here than it was in San Jose this morning. It it is nice. Hey, everyone. uh, In the garage tonight, well, the train room, really, it's me, it's Liza, (coughs) and I'm the fun one. (laughs) My God. I I don't know. This dog is This is actually true. (laughs) Go to Vegas with her. She'll find you the largest lobster. (laughs) Exactly. Is it a euphemism? So, also, (laughs) in the train room tonight, we've got Jeremy. Hello, hello. And next to that, coming around the corner, it's Knock. What's up? How you guys doing today? Oh, you're being good tonight. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. He's drunk on schnapps. <laughs> Running the board, it's everyone's favorite ginger. It's Bagel. Woot, woot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's also a juggalo. <laughs> a juggalo? <laughs> he's, a, he's a bigolo. <laughs> oh, I'm, like, I'm a closet juggalo. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I've never seen you with the makeup on. I, I, I need to see this. They're not don't scooter me. rallies. They're, they're uh, juggalo rallies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word! Is there a secret juggalo scooter cult? Uh, yes, should be. probably. <laughs> Start with no idea. Start with yes, but you have to be down with the clown to get in. Yeah, they, they probably ride ruckuses. I think. Oh, they would. They would. Right? Scratch ruckuses. Oh, exactly. Yes. All right. With LEDs. Get it, get it in control here. On the classy girl couch tonight, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And as already revealed, I am the classy one. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I have seen you cut up rough with a with a lobster, Liza. And it's... <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 I love me. Arthropods uh, don't stand a chance. You've been day. lobbed. Hey, <laughs> guess who had lobster yesterday? Heather, who's here with us on the Classic Goo Couch. Hi, y'all. <laughs> I can't talk. It's I'm losing my voice. Liza got her sick. I have a theory. She was so nervous about coming on the show that she willed herself into losing her voice. Nah. <laughs> you shared a drink with Liza. That's what That's happened. That's what it is. The question I is, why can't that happen to knock? <laughs> wow. I know, right? <laughs> no, it's, it, I can vouch she has been drinking medicinal teas. Mm. Is that what they call it these yes, days? Yes, it is what they call it these days. <laughs> She's been dra- drinking medicinal schnapps all afternoon. No. God bless no, California. <laughs> well, and it doesn't stop there. There's still more to come. Oh, yes. It's, it's Isaac. I guess consensus is I'm the hairy one then. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Hairy like animal. <laughs> He's like a monkey. One of the stars of Motosexual, the movie. Say, did I see you in a film? I'm so happy you put my last name in there. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You put his phone number in there, too? That will definitely not come back to haunt me, ever. And here's his Tinder profile. Facial recognition these days doesn't matter. They they would find you. Dude, you did a great job. I think it was fantastic. You really did. And I'll never be president. You should uh, (laughs) get a Screen Actors Guild card or something. So over over on the train side of the room, it's Morgan. Good evening. There There's is. a delicious like corgi here that's just gonna pet like, just out of reach. <laughs> Come back, oh, little I, corgi. I know. I guess we oh should say God. also in the room, yes. it's Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Hi, Chloe. It's Corgi. It's snake dog. Snake. This dog is not farting though. <laughs> no. Of dog course. Snake. To follow the dog, it's, it's Henry. Windows are complicated. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you step through them. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and experiencing a very surreal moment right now. <laughs> Joining us all the way from the Netherlands? They're from Germany. Or Germany. Uh, somewhere. They're, it's all the same to us. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> it could be New Jersey. I wow, mean, yeah. really? It's Eric. That makes me the foreign woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, hey, everyone. We've got... Um, actually, we're, we're continuing with our... Splitting it up into two episodes. How did that work for everyone last week? I I hope you listened to both. Didn't miss out. Um, we're trying to do this again just to make it shorter episodes. I know a lot of the two-hour 
shows not everyone gets to hear all the way to the end heather do you always make it to the end of the shows <coughs> not in one sitting yeah <laughs> so we're trying to make it a little bit easier and we're splitting it up into two episodes we're going to try something newer this week we're going to release first episode tonight uh sunday night and we're going to release the next episode wednesday night that way you'll get some misfits at the beginning of the week and some misfits at the oh, end oh oh cool blimey Keep i hope you suspense. can all contain your excitement that's yeah, apologies lot. in advance yeah that's a lot <laughs> What do you mean? Gonna keep people in no, suspense. I, I, I for love days. you all. You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep coming here to use my shit, man. Let's see how that works. Yeah. I'll leave it out too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And uh, I can smell in the room this this the scent of like fresh mm. bread. Brought snaps. What? Snaps? Eric, is Eric brought snaps. us a gift. What is going around the room? It's it smells like croissant schnapps. Oh, I love this. Croissant. This, I could just smell this and be happy. It's it's like it's like a bakery, but you can drink it and get drunk. <laughs> so Eric, what what exactly did you bring us? Uh, it's a specialty from my hometown, Leipzig. It's a uh, brot schnapps, which is actually made from bread, as far as I know. Oh, and um, yeah, it smells like bread and um, like ginger bread a bit. Oh my god! But it tastes uh, different. It has a very it, it goes yeah. down like gin. The right smell much. is amazing. I thought you, you, you were probably getting drowning better. in gin by now, so I think bring something <laughs> else. Is it true? It's made in prison and smuggled out nope, in their nope. ass. <laughs> no. God, that's why I love it. <laughs> no. I have yeah. heard made. I've heard that people in prison make schnapps out of bread, but not uh, this. Not this guy. It's no. W- yeah, this is a little different. This is a professional. You can also use ketchup. It is wonderful. Distiller. It's like that German colons. So yeah. So we're going to be doing two episodes. This is the first episode, and. To Today, uh, this is actually a pretty special um, episode for me. Um, th- we're celebrating Veterans Day, which is a, it's a it's a big deal for a lot yes, of people, um, and especially what we're about to talk about. So um, it's gonna get heavy, huh? We're, yeah, we're gonna bring on a guest, but we also have Heather here joining us, uh, who is a veteran. Miss um, Emma, you're a veteran. Mm-hmm. Anyone else here a veteran? All right. nope. I've been to the veterinarian. <laughs> I'll veteran. bet you have, baby. Did they fix you up good? You stay away from that corgi. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he got, he got muted. So joining us on the phone today, we have a special guest. And actually, he reached out to us, wanted to come on our show, and I thought this was a really worthy cause. In fact, we don't do worthy causes enough, I would no, say. No, we don't. We're mostly um, unworthy for causes. Exactly. And it being Veterans Day, this was a perfect opportunity. So I wanted to introduce, on the phone with us, we ha- have Miles Migliara, and he was from the, is it the American Veterans Society? Or AMVETS? Uh, American Veterans AMVETS, yep. Yes, AMVETS. So you reached out to me because you guys are doing something pretty big. Absolutely. I, I understand uh, that you guys are uh, a motorcycle enthusiast podcast, um, and this is an event that is a motorcycle demonstration ride is, is how we're uh, you know, capturing it. Right, and um, well, I'll let you talk about the, this uh, that you guys are taking over. It, it's an event that's existed, but um, they announced that they weren't going to continue. It sounds like you guys have taken it on and are um, hopefully going to make it bigger than ever. Absolutely. Uh, so back in December, uh, very there's a lot of people that are familiar with Rolling Thunder uh, and their cause for their demonstration ride, which was uh, to make members of Congress and the entire nation to keep that awareness that there are still 82,000 uh, unaccounted for prisoners of war and missing in action uh, over the course of World War II, the Korean War. Um, and they announced in December that they would no longer be taking it on. Uh, mm-hmm. The demonstration ride had gone on for 32 years, and at AMVETS we collectively decided that it was far too important of a message to just let kind of dissipate. So what we've done is we've created Rolling to Remember. Uh, We're not a part of Rolling Thunder. Uh, We definitely appreciate what they've done over the years. Uh, And we're just kind of looking to to kind of pick up the mantle and continue the tradition of, you know, raising awareness for POW MIAs while also tying in uh, the national veteran suicide crisis that we have going on. You know, on average, we have 
22 veterans a day uh, taking their own lives. Um, and that's something that needs to be brought to the forefront and definitely needs to uh, be in front of the Capitol building. Right. And so when is this uh, rolling to remember? Rolling to remember is going to be Memorial Day weekend, May of 2020. What we plan to do is have a three-day event as a whole. Uh, A lot of the events within the entire event itself uh, are pretty reflective of what's been done in the past. There'll be a blessing of the bikes at the Washington National Cathedral. There'll be appropriate, meaningful uh, speech, demonstration, uh, and entertainment at the Lincoln Steps. And then Sunday will be the ride itself. And from right now, what we expect is to have all of those motorcycles. Um, it could be between 300,000 and 500,000. That's kind of the estimate of how Bowling Thunder it had. Wow. Uh, leave the Pentagon parking lot, uh, go around the National Mall, circle around the the Capitol building, uh, make their voices and their cycles heard. <laughs> um, and then they'll kind of round out the uh, the Lincoln, and, and that'll be it. Uh, there'll also be a candlelight vigil at the uh, Vietnam Wall. So this is all very powerful. It's very, it's very moving. And the most important thing that we can kind of do as an organization is to make sure that people know that this isn't a a parade uh it's not anything really even joyous it's somber um and and it's a really revolutionizing uh impactful event that goes on it's been going on for the last couple years and that we're looking to pick up so does one have to be a veteran to participate no absolutely not um a lot of those uh Motorcycle riders are not veterans. Um, they, they're just simply there uh, for that cause. Uh, of course, there are a lot of veterans as well, but there's the families of these motorcycle riders. There's the, the children that get involved as well. This is a, this is a big event. Uh, a lot of people in the past have uh, you know packed up from, whether it's Wyoming, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Ohio, wherever it is, and they, they, they make this... Uh, a trip every year that they, you know, they come out and they support this message. So anyone is more than welcome to come out and, uh, you know, roll to remember with us. And I know that this is a demonstration, but I'm also thinking when you get that many bikers together, it might be kind of fun too. So what kind of uh, things can people expect to experience there? Well, They'll experience a lot of uh, speakers. We'll have a stage set up at the Lincoln Steps. We're not quite sure uh, who will kind of be there yet. Uh, we're still kind of in talks with uh, a lot of you know different either uh, motivational or influential speakers. A lot of people that have come in the past uh, and, and veterans is a, a big topic on their mind. But they'll experience that candlelight vigil that happens that Friday night after the blessing of the bikes, which is extremely powerful. Um, you're at the Vietnam Wall, and it's dark. It's completely lit by candle, and there's a gigantic candle that will kind of come towards uh, the middle where the walls meet. Um, and it's pretty quiet. It's pretty moving. It's almost like a service in that sense. That sounds amazing. And there is there an admission or a registration to participate? There will not be any admission. Uh, we do ask people to kind of RSVP with how many people they think that will be attending with them just to kind of get a head count. Um, but they can easily do that at rollingtermember.com or at amvets.com. Uh, again, there, there's no admission we do kind of ask people if they've got some spare time to either go to either website uh, and just kind of let us know what we can expect. Heather, you think you're, you might be going? I'm thinking I'm going to. Yeah? Yeah. Sounds like a pretty important yeah. thing. Yeah. So is there any other um, any other pieces of information to let people know? I mean, 
again, it's it's Veterans Day. This is really the time to be planning this in May. It sounds like a wonderful event, um, and to have that many bikers on mass, it's amazing what what they can do. You know, the bringing that community together like that. Absolutely, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Veterans Day. Uh, with all the moving pieces that we've got going on, uh, going into this demonstration ride, we'll actually be unveiling the logos um, that that will kind of just encapsulate what the demonstration ride is all about, what Rolling to Remember is all about. We'll have the official logo, and we'll be unveiling the inaugural patch. And who will be doing that is Tim Chambers. Tim Chambers has been the saluting Marine uh, standing at the Washington Mall saluting every single bike that rides through mm-hmm. that demonstration ride over the last couple of years. And he uh, has agreed to, at least for the inaugural year, be a part of this and kind of help bring this into fruition. That's, that's pretty cool. Awesome. So can you remind people, where do they go to get more information? Absolutely. They can go to rollingtoremember.com. The Facebook and Twitter pages are also just rolling to remember. If they type that in, they'll find it that way. And as always, they can find it at amvets.org as well. Yeah, that's A-M-V-E-T-S dot org, amvets dot org. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing that and really for taking on this event that was going to be dropped. Otherwise, um, I know this is a huge thing to, to take over. So, you know, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on. And, and we're really looking forward to, to taking this over and really kind of maintain that meaningful meaningfulness that it's had over the last couple of years. Awesome. Well, there you go. Rolling to Remember is the place to be in Washington, D.C. in May. All right. Thank you very much, Miles. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. That's pretty cool that they're taking it over. Oh, we yeah. were doing a little research. The um, Rolling Thunder event that um, used to exist. Um, Heather, would you find out that they raised like the permit fees or something? The law enforcement wasn't uh, going to be available, and then the permit fees were going up. Yeah, and so it just got to a point where the past organizers, it just became too much, mm-hmm. and it being a free event. Right. Um, so the fact that AMVET stepped in because they feel it's important. And it is. Um, you know, there's so many veterans who are dealing with things like PTSD. And I'll be honest, I never really understood it. We have other uh, misfits who come here who, you know, here, oh, they've got PTSD. And to me, I just thought that means somebody who might, like, fly off the handle all of a sudden, you know, not understanding. But I've been getting to know people who are dealing with it and getting a better understanding of what that means. And um, the one thing that's pretty cool is that Heather's here to kind of share um, – kind of her journey um dealing with it and the fact that there is a there is a there is better days but not just that what i love so much is that motorcycles plays such a big part in it for so many people mm-hmm. motorcycle uh riding is mental health and we've done we've talked about this before uh the endorphins that you get when you ride and how that can change everything especially for somebody dealing with depression something like that um heather you were in the army which Correct. you say is the premier uh <laughs> branch yes yes tribalism um and heather actually um she was on the ride on the where we're ride mm-hmm. she's one of the women who did the entire right. u.s route and not just heather but Chloe, who's sitting here in the room with us, the dog, and her other dog, Justin. She had two corgis with her. Oh, you were the one with the corgis. She was the one with the corgis. What gave it away? The corgi? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, it started out as like, who's the crazy lady with the dogs? And, uh, you know, but then getting to know her and, and, and getting to hear her story is pretty, pretty darn inspiring. So, Heather, you you got into riding how long ago? 2015. Not that long Reasons. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been, um, you've had P- PTSD for a while. You, you've had... had 94. Your, yeah. But when did you start um, working towards 
getting what's the right terminology getting better getting healing healing when did you start working towards that um right about the same time i started writing yeah is that a coincidence no um you know you talked about veteran suicide Mm -hmm. and i was there i was done um <laughs> to go right there, <laughs> just bam, right there. It's like rip it off a band right, just rip do it the, off. go heavy. Um, you know, life had gotten really hard. It was yeah. uh, I had become very isolated, um, and just couldn't, didn't want to do life that way anymore. And I actually had a bucket list, <laughs> and getting my endorsement was top on that list. Uh, my mom rode. Uh, my stepdad rode, my husband rode, um, most of the people that I hung out with in the military rode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I had never gotten my endorsement. And so I basically called the lady and said, uh, sign me up, when's the next class? Mm-hmm. And went and bought my bike. And then the next weekend, went and took the class and. Uh, started writing <laughs> i like how you got the bike first yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like you got no backing out now no backing out now yeah. yeah and what bike would that have been that was a um harley street 750 cool wow. wait when was this in 15 it was the first year it came out oh, okay yeah and and do you love that bike um <laughs> <laughs> it was very small <laughs> And uh, I made myself ride it for 10 months, but I was pretty much done with it in a week. It was just a small bike. I knew that I wanted to do distance. I knew that I wanted to um, ride cross country and uh, spend a lot of time on the bike. So as somebody who was uh, dealing with, you know, you had your demons, to get on a bike, how did that change things? How did that make you feel? Free. Mm-hmm. Um you get out of yourself. Mm-hmm. When I ride, I get in my head, but I don't get in my head in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the first year that I rode, <laughs> I basically rode and cried and pulled over and cried and got back on the bike and rode and um, kind of let all of that emotion out. I, I finally felt free to let that emotion come out. Um, I was very blessed to have, um, uh, was actually during the same time that I decided to quit drinking, uh, alcoholism and drug addiction is a really big issue with veterans with PTSD Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, I was there. So, uh, I had started in a 12 step program and met some other women writers, um, through that and one of the ladies who is not a veteran but she um, dealt with her own PTSD Mm -hmm. uh, would ride with me and we would ride and I would pull over sobbing and she would sit and talk about healing and uh, she saved my life I have to say pretty amazing who's this person who's this person I could tell you but then I'd have to kill you (laughs) oh got it (laughs) Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but we we talked about this a little bit outside, Heather, and this descent into alcoholism and drug abuse is so prevalent amongst not just veterans, but everyone dealing with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of motorcycling is you have to give it up. You mm-hmm. can't get high and ride a bike well it's a bad so, idea right yeah. exactly so one, <laughs> once you make this decision that I really want to take this very very seriously you you kind of have to go down on that path to sobriety mm-hmm. to enjoy your bike so it, it biking kind of saved you twice yeah absolutely and I want to say up front, I really appreciate you sharing your story because I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of people who have their demons, be it um, PTSD or alcoholism or depression or whatever, uh, mental illness. And I know so many people who motorcycling right. is the thing that makes them right. It's their medicine, you know. But there's a reason for that. And 
I, I've touched on this before, but it's as good a time to any to remind people of what is so unique about motorcycling. You're part of a giant community. Mm-hmm. And there's this huge community who, if you choose the right community, and it's not hard finding the right community, it's not a magic key. If you're open, you'll find it, and you'll find people who love you and support you and will do everything they can to make your experience with motorcycling the best it can be for no cost other than your friendship they're out there and that's motorcycling to me and everybody else in this room but ultimately it's a very very solitary occupation because you can be surrounded by people but it's just you and your bike and that's kind of what it distills down to and it's it it's these two extremes you're part of a community of millions but it's just you and your bike and it's wonderful it it's the best thing in the world it really is if if i was to have motorcycling taken away from me i i just don't know what i do i really don't know what i do and i think you don't need to suffer from ptsd to feel that way well what i love to um Heather, you know, we talk about the community. How big has the community been for you? You know, you talked about your friend who you go for rides, um, but you've been really working at healing. You've come a long way. And when you came on the Whir Whir ride, you said, you told me afterwards... You were just planning on doing like a couple of days and then bouncing <clears throat> because you weren't really comfortable, especially with a bunch of strangers you yeah. don't know. You're comfortable with the long distance riding. Right. Your dogs are great at long distance riding. <laughs> they had it worked out, man. They've got most of my more miles than a lot of people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but how did that how did that play in for you? Um, the the women that you met on the road, these other riders and um, your expectations. Hmm. Um, I actually had, I didn't have much expectation. Um, I, like you said, I planned on going and pretty much by the time I got to Wyoming, just continue on to Idaho. But every day I gave myself that out, that I didn't have to stay. And if it was crazy or unhealthy or, um, I didn't feel comfortable or safe, I could just leave. And the beauty of it was, is I never felt that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I love about the motorcycle community is uh, we take care of each other. Oh, yes. And that is uh, very much like being in the military is you take care of each other. And... um, that was very much seen um, in this group. You know, we had, what, six people that did the whole thing? Six ladies? Uh, nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then every day there was many different women that came. So there was many different personalities and styles and riding and, and different bikes and <clears throat> from different places. But we all pretty much just meshed together and became one group um, every day and it was you know if someone had a problem people helped and uh, that's kind of amazing because when you're with PTSD one of the things that um, I know I did and I know that a lot of people do is they isolate and Mm -hmm. refuse help from anybody and that's one of the things that I had to learn to do was accept help Mm. from other people, even in the smallest thing. Um, And, uh, you know, you see a bike on the side of the road, you stop and help, or you make eye contact, you see if they need help. I mean, that's just something that we do, whether we're on the bike or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, and that's, when you get a a huge group of people together that are very like-minded, um, in that of you know let's take care of each other uh, it's very powerful and in, in itself is very healing and you know what 
Heather, it's very poignant that you say it's like the military, and it is, and that's not a secret. You know, if we think about the way motorcycling is structured now, and everything we experience with the clubs and everything, everything distills down to the after the Second World War, and all these people had been fighting, and when they left the army the war the war was won the war was over and they were looking for that camaraderie mm-hmm. that they they experienced when they were in the army or the navy um or the um the army air corps as it was back then and they found it in motorcycle <coughs> clubs yeah mm-hmm. the structure too and the structure, structure it's no secret that there's a president, purpose. there's a sergeant at arms. There's this structure within a club that's very, very similar to the structure within a military. And that's why they felt so at home. And it's it's that camaraderie between members, but that it just extends beyond clubs. I mean, the goofiest thing I did, I mean, everybody here knows that I used to drive a tour bus. I was once, I had a group of Chinese tourists on my bus. I had 55 Chinese tourists. And there was a broken down bike by the side of the road. And I pulled over in the tour bus to help the biker. I'm like, what are you doing? I said, oh, there's a biker back, broken down back there. Just see if he needs anything. You know, we need to see 17 mile drive. Just you to let me be a minute. Don't worry. You know, it's, it's. What did he need? I, I just had this kind of happen yesterday. I, I called Emma because I found a stranded biker on the side of the road. And I thought, ooh, we're right, right near where Emma lives. She's going to try out the. The new the new El Camino bike hauler. Yes, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately the bike turned out to be fine. I was annoyed. God well, damn it! No, and it was fortunate at the time because as when you actually called, the El Camino was full of aerial square four because it was going home to its its owner. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it would have been okay. But but I, I was all excited. I was thinking. I was picturing how excited you could be about about using it and get and, and going rescuing a bike. I was all planned out in the bike. And guys, kickstand sensor was just on the fritz. He's fine. But this yeah. is a perfect <laughs> example. These are these are complete strangers, and we wouldn't think twice about helping them simply because they choose to ride a motorcycle. And what's more therapeutic than that? Mm-hmm. There is nothing more therapeutic than being amongst like-minded people who genuinely care for your welfare. Because you can't fake this crap. No. You can't fake it. You genuinely have to care about the welfare of your brothers and sisters on motorcyclists. And if you're a true motorcyclist, you bloody well better. Because if you don't, you really need to look into the mirror and decide what you want out of motorcycling and who you want to be. Well, and she's on a, a pretty fast track. I know we talk about Jim has been riding, what, like six years now? And he's got like eight bikes. Like, I can't believe it's been six Pretty years. fast, right? So, Heather, you've been riding, you said 2015? Yeah. And how, many, years, and how many years. bikes do you have now? Well, now I have two because I traded the 750 in mm-hmm. for uh, Street Glide. Yeah. Damn, okay. Rookie yeah. numbers. Street Glide's a go. good bike. Oh, Get those numbers that's, a, that's up. a good bike. <laughs> and then I leave that bike at my grandma's house in Arizona so I can ride during the winter. <laughs> nice. So I had to get something. Grandma, I need to stroke to my heart later. <laughs> I don't think she sounded like that. <laughs> no, that's not my grandma. Um, and then I needed something. Only if I get to ride it. Home. <laughs> and so I got a, a 2005 year old. Oh, wow. <laughs> like oh, everybody perfect, wants to learn that lesson, don't they? Man, I love that bike. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. So many people I know buy it just out of curiosity. She seemed to have bought it for the right reasons. Uh, yeah, hold corgis because hold corgis. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a corgi. There's hauler. snow. Yeah, she rides in yeah. the snow. Right. The snow. Right. You're riding uh, what on a ranch? I have a ranch. Man, yeah, yeah. So so need yeah. that, that two wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. Except for I always seem to get it stuck on a. Um, Slight, slight incline. <laughs> you've got. You've like got. Every time I take off, it's like bam. There's a thump. Your girls, your girls have two drive wheels. Shh, don't yes. be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, and there's Side a sidecar wheel is driven. Ah, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. There's yeah. another thing she does with it. 
she is cool grandma. I am a cool grandma. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, my uh, four-year-old grandson gets inside and goes, motorcycle buddies! <laughs> <laughs> motorcycle buddies! <laughs> I love that thing. I can't sell it. I literally cannot get rid of it. He loves yeah. that. He loves so wait, does he fit in there with both corgis then? Yeah, those things have got big sidecars. No, I know. Oh, that's why I was asking. Like, like, that's the dream right there to be in a sidecar with two Look, corgis. I could probably get like and, four and more a chicken. corgi oh <laughs> and a chicken. Did you know that once with a three wheeler in California, at least, you actually don't need a license? In Washington, Motorcycle you have license. to have the. Um, I had to go get my trike license. But then when I moved to Idaho, they were like, yeah, we don't even know how to put that on there. Uh, we don't care. Yeah. So we're going to just good, take that off. Yeah, three-wheelers. <laughs> three wheelers, we have a whole meeting. We had a whole meeting in the DMV. Wow. <laughs> about what to do with this. Um, <laughs> it's great. Nice. Um, I wanted, though, to to make sure that I think the most important message and the, and the part of your story that I think – well, I hope to reach the most people is that you didn't let this really, you didn't let this keep you down and you decided you were going to do the work and to turn your life around and you've been doing it and you're, you're seeing the results now, aren't you? Absolutely. Um, I lived for a lot of years. Um, well, let's see from, 94 to 15 uh, where I couldn't even say that I had PTSD I didn't mm-hmm. um, you know none of us want to be broken yeah did you you didn't actually identify it or be diagnosed with PS, PS, PTSD until that day or like or did you have some kind of idea of what no was I was diagnosed in 94 when okay. I was in the military right okay okay yeah. Mm. yeah and then they didn't know what to do with me back then mm-hmm. they didn't have um, a lot of help Right. Um, especially for a female mm-hmm. who was not a Vietnam veteran. Hmm. They did have um, some groups, and that was, you know, really hard to be in because, you know, they, I didn't feel like I, I deserved to be there hmm. Um, hmm. based on what they had gone through and what I had gone through. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just kind of tried to make myself very small. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you were kind of hard on yourself about it. It's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, generally, you know, the, your your hardest critic is always yourself. Sure. Yeah. It And, you know, that's kind of human nature. So you've been doing the work. Yeah, the last five years, um, you know, I've been through the different things. I've done everything that the, the uh, VA has asked me to do. Um, and they have a lot of help. They have a lot of stuff out there now uh at the time i just wasn't ready um Mm -hmm. i just didn't i didn't want to do it and not on purpose i just i really couldn't um do it the what started it for me was when another person said i understand how you feel i have that too and you can get better um, and I believed her, mm-hmm. uh, and she rode a bike with me, <laughs> <laughs> nice. and and she hung out, and you know she did what we do <clears throat> is we take care of each other, and um, and it made me believe that that uh, I could. Sorry, <laughs> more medicinal more tea, special tea. <laughs> Which is just um, honey water. <laughs> There's like nothing else in it. <laughs> a little bit of tea with honey. Um, and I think that's huge. Uh, my um, cousin-in-law um, is also a veteran and uh, has been... Um, He's a combat veteran and uh, he struggles. And, you know, him and I, for a long time, um, because I was not healing and he was not there yet, we almost couldn't be in the same room together. We kind of fed off of each other. Hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that most people with PTSD deal with is anger, a lot of anger. 
um, I have been, I mean, as sweet as I am now, <laughs> I've been removed from stores. <laughs> I've been asked to leave places. Um, and, you know, after this ride, he, he watched, um, I had posted uh, videos of my thoughts of the ride on my Facebook mm-hmm. page. Mm-hmm. And he watched those through my cousins, his wife's, um, Facebook page and when we finished I messaged and said uh, hey you want me to come visit and they, uh, she said yeah James really wants to see you and I was like alright I'm on my way and him and I got to um, sit in the garage and put her on the bike and talk about healing um, talk about being okay and Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It's a journey. It's a long journey. You know when you get around someone and they say, um, you get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is someone who has known me. They've been married. I may get this wrong, so I may get in trouble. (laughs) Um, Like 10 or 11 years now. Um, And, you know, I didn't have anything to do with my family. I I really pulled away from everybody. And, uh, you know, he said, I get to know the real Heather. Hmm. I get to know um, who you were before. And that's huge. Right. And uh, I know that I have a long way to go, but I know that I've come a long way. And it's hard work. It's um, a lot of in-depth internal stuff that you have to pull out and look at. And um, it is 100% worth it when you look at someone else who has this and they say, I know that I can do this because I saw you do it. Yeah. You know, one of the things we teach here at the Recycle Garage, we'll get people come in who've never laid hands on their bike before. You tools, even. Just never mm-hmm. done anything. And we'll teach them <clears throat> to do the simplest task. And I always say to them, you've done that task once now. You are now the ideal teacher to pass that Mm. knowledge on to Mm. somebody who's never done it before Mm. and that's the whole ideology of the recycle garage and now i'm thinking of you with your with your cousin we'll call him your cousin he's your (laughs) cousin's husband i'll keep him he's pretty awesome (laughs) you're a little further along than he is but you are the ideal teacher to show him the way forward. And when his time comes, he's going to help somebody who's not as far along as he is. Mm-hmm. That person he teaches may be overseas fighting right now. Mm-hmm. He might need him in 10 years. He might need him in a, a month. We don't know that. But what we do know is something you can you can pass on. And that's part of his journey and it's part of your journey and it's part of that woman's journey that you first met who talked to you about biking yeah and part of that journey and i know this is takes a lot you're very brave to be here part of that journey is being here talking on this show and hoping that somebody out Mm -hmm. there listening that this is striking a chord with so i want to give if somebody out there is feeling like this and they think that there is you know no help you already had the motorcycle so you did the first step (laughs) the next step you have to admit you need help yeah and the next step is to get the help and the help is out there it is out there and there is a, a path that you can take and, and things yeah. can be better. And motorcycles will probably be a big part of that. They're riding cross-country's in there somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> but 
We got you now, Heather. We're, <laughs> we're, we're not going to let you fall. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I know, especially because she cooked for us today. Oh, yeah. oh my she God. Those, oh. The, what, <laughs> were those like fajitas? There were mm-hmm. fajita meat things in there, but it was lovely. <laughs> A little similar. It's carne asada. It's very nice. Oh. Well, I wanted to thank you for sharing your story. And mm. for anyone who does need help, where is the best place for them to go? Well, the VA, uh, that would be your first place if you're mm-hmm. a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a veteran, go to your doctor and tell them you need help. And there's a lot of information out there. Um, if if you're dealing with alcoholism, obviously there's 12-step programs for that. Uh, and I would have to say that um, of all the things that the VA wanted me to do, it's very similar to the 12-step program that I do. And um, when you're ready, that information will come to you because you will start looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then you'll start applying it. Uh, and it, 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 we save each other's lives by telling our stories and um, by saying, yeah, I have that too. Uh, I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. I'm not a broken person. Um, and my life is worth living if I can share my story and help the next person so that we can stop that 22 veterans a day. Well, and not just, you know, by telling your story, it's not just reaching those, it's reaching people like myself who didn't know, didn't understand. And now I have a lot more, mm -hmm. a better idea of what the signs if, are. If I could, if I could add, there's this stigma about mental health, and all from when we're a kid, we're told when you grow up, you've got to stand on your own two feet. You've got to, you've got to fix yourself. You've got to be a grown up about this. And sometimes you can't, and you need help. And it's nothing to be ashamed of in asking for help. Sometimes that's the hardest part of the process. Right. It's saying, I need help for this. Because you can get yourself into a spot. You're not going to fix yourself. Right. And then when you realize that and you start locking yourself away and abusing alcohol and abusing drugs, you know, it's a slippery slope. So reach out and ask for help. I know this is a heavy subject. I mean, this is yeah. not normal misfit subject, but it's part and parcel of who we are and what we do and why we do. And I'm going to go so far and say to anyone listening, even if, if you aren't dealing with this, but if you have a friend who is, maybe this is an episode. Reach out. To, this is an episode to share because Heather, you know, again, she was the brave one to come and tell her story. So thank you, Heather. I really appreciate that. And, you know, in line with asking for help, Emma, um, I've got a little time left. There's another topic I wanted to bring up real quick and it's, Along the same lines, but not in that um, uh, I was reached out to. There is somebody asking for help. Um, this is pretty cool, though. Uh, there's a company. Ooh, yeah, this thing. Called Jack- Jacquard. Jacquard or Jacquard? J A C Q U A R D. No, you have to do the Jacquard. Well, okay. Jacquard is a it's a woven fabric, okay? And this company, um, owned by Google, Google is making <laughs> fabrics that have technology woven into them. Hmm. Oh, and, cool. And right now, you can go to jacquard.com and they partnered J A C Q U A R D. They've partnered with Levi's and they've made these Levi's denim jackets that look like a denim jacket but are connected to like your phone. So you can use your sleeve. You can like swipe your sleeve and tap your sleeve and stuff. With my nose? Uh, no, with your hand. <laughs> okay. Um, to, to like, Wipes you nose, can turn on a camera or, or make calls or do all the things. It's like hidden controls that are woven into the fabric. It's 
kind of a really fascinating concept, but here's the deal. The future of butt dialing. Here's how we are going to be helping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sorry, I sleeve <laughs> dialed yeah, here. Sleeve dial. <laughs> um, my left nipple speed dials my mother. <laughs> oh, my God. You wish. Well, okay. They're not interested anymore. You wish. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they reached out because they're interested in... Maybe making a motorcycle jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now, I wanted to pose to us misfits here, um, knowing that there's this like advanced technology and, and these sensors and, and switches and stuff woven into the fabric. What technology do you guys want to see in a motorcycle jack? Oh, it'd be great. Hey, Jacquard. Accelerometers that call 911. Where is yes. the nearest gin and tonic? Uh, okay. No, I, I'm on the same page with you. I thought about that too. Something that can um, recognize uh, a sudden stop. Right. Uh, I mean, they crash, already have crash the- sensor, and that can then contact somebody. Yeah. Uh, the thing I liked the most about your suggestions, because most of your suggestions were pretty hokey. Oh, stop! No, really. <laughs> but, They're probably pretty hokey. But the one that really <laughs> resonated on the pretty. with <laughs> the one that really resonated with me is nobody likes wearing that day glow gear mm-hmm. because you look like a total. Hey. You look like a hey. knob in it. Hey, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, feel I like, like looking like a knob. She I, just called you a knob, I baby. Like, I like being seen. <laughs> However. However, if you have some kind of sensing device in the jacquard that can make you more visible on demand, Mm. I think that's cool. But there's no time I don't want to look visible. No, that's true. Mm -hmm. But you look good. It looks good on you. (laughs) But not on me. (laughs) So, um, I mean, when I started thinking about it, it's... uh, Visibility, safety, and then um, technology. Well, that's what it all. You know, like connecting to your phone, to, your yeah. camera. Um, I'm yeah, wondering. What's a huge pain turn in the signals, ass to do? Turn Obviously, signals on your arms. You can't mm-hmm. do, like, connect to my vape. Oh, yeah, <laughs> gloves that can like where you can like do little finger movements to like I don't know. How about like a like, Nintendo I, game that old I had half game? a thought. Turns out there wasn't a finish to it. Okay. <laughs> yes, not. Well, you know, like what I signal, I usually use my hands. So if you have mm-hmm. gloves that automatically let up as you point your hand. That'd be dope. That'd be oh, sweet. Cool. Is, That'd be is dope. one of these signals? Yeah, you could do that too. I mean, you could say "bitch back off" or. Yeah. You know. Oh no, you could have a remote control child on the back of your bike that does all the hand signals for you. Sure. And then flips off motorists if they're too close. A little creepy. And they'll pay attention because it's a child. So sure. Here's, here, here's the thing. Um, we know that there's a lot of technology they're trying to put into the helmets, right? Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you know, you got cameras and you got sensors and you got. A, computers and you got all the things but anything you put into a helmet is taking up space that should be a crush zone but the right. jacket you so, have space my you got, I, just, you got I don't want to have to charge my jacket you, I already uh, charged too many things you're gonna have you could have a whole like you could write dirty messages across your back oh yeah true mm. my I think my only comment and I am being <laughs> you know we're being very flippant about mm-hmm. this but I haven't figured out how they're going to differentiate if you just swipe your jacket mm-hmm. if if you've got multifunctions in there how it's going to differentiate between swipes especially with a gloved hand i can, tell, I can tell you that macarena yeah no like, tell me i'm genuinely interested about this because obviously if you're wearing winter gloves and I saw mm-hmm. I saw the video where mm-hmm. you just tap your hand. Right. But there's a lot of different things happening going on just by tapping. I can tell you just based upon my Senna. Yes. Which has very few buttons. Right. And it's a matter of which buttons you press and how many times you press and how long you press them and which ones you press together. Mm-hmm. And once you start learning that, but there's very few buttons that I can reach with my gloves, but I know if I tap twice it goes to video i know if i hold it down a long time it turns on radio like there's but so you you can have that but no hang on though hang on though you see your center the shape never changes Mm -hmm. and its relationship on your helmet never changes you can put on a jacket 
And out of a hundred times, that jacket is going to lay on your arms a hundred different ways. Right. But it's instead of one switch, th- one button, think of your whole forearm as a sensor. Yeah. So the, it senses you, swipe down, swipe up. That can be tap. calibrated, though. You put it you on. See, it you see, it doesn't know. matter what part. Hey, well, you, so, you, you hit. so the first thing you have to do is calibrate the scale before you even leave every time you put on the jacket. Not because no, I'm not just do it once. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably figure out that part. Yeah. No, but yeah. you're never going to wear They'll your jacket. They'll either figure that out you're or never, it just won't yeah. work. You're so. never going to wear your jacket the same but, but, way. You know, it's going to be a ha- millimeter different this way or a millimeter different So if you had a way. series of, like, woven dots, you'd actually visually see, you like, one, two, three, four. Oh, I wouldn't you- want to take my off the road. So the whole point here, though, is they've got that part figured out. They okay. just want to know what technology motorcyclists would want to see if in a jacket. we assume it works. Yeah. Um... Communication is great. The you know it, talking jacket. Anything that you can keep your eye on the road. Yeah, if it could help me like change songs without moving my hand all the way to my head, that would be awesome. Hmm. Like if I could just like slap my chest. And but you see, song, that'd be dope. Yeah. Again, the, the I'm not saying it's a fatal flaw, but. It's if it requires you taking a hand off the handlebar and tapping on your opposite arm. I'm not sure about that either. Mm. It'd have to be left to right. That's the first thing. Yeah. It would, it, like, because, the yeah, you don't want to take your throttle hand on the right arm. I can tell you right away, uh, somebody who just traveled cross country and had my phone mount there. And oftentimes I had to toggle between, I, you know, I had the maps on and I'm leading. And if I needed to, like, look for a gas station, I had to take my glove off while riding, put it between my legs, start typing with my fingers. Suddenly mm. I get a, a text message, which now comes up in front of it. Mm. Now I have do to close. Do not do this at home. I close yeah. the text message now you know and I was having to multitask and take my gloves well, off okay. on my phone that's but blatantly if, irresponsible but if I had <laughs> some sort of sensor on my jacket that I could do all those controls I, I just, a lot easier can, you, can, you, can we remove the I had to ideas. from that <laughs> I just got some potentially stupid ideas that I like Yeah. so like maybe if you're hungry you could like rub your belly and find <laughs> local restaurants are they going to have that like bluetooth to your bike or anything well, like that so yeah. if you're breaking yeah, yeah, yeah. in the back could, yes flash Sure. Have you seen the ads on TV um, that are running right now for headphones with um, Siri in them? And the guy's just walking down yeah. the street. Most headphones have Siri in them, don't they? Right. So My Cardo Pack Talk does that. Yeah. So the point is, is it any more valuable tapping on your sleeve or just speaking into your helmet? Hey, Siri or hey Google find me a gas station and it firing that information down to your GPS in front of you yeah I do actually do, I have I do the talk to my phone hardest about time, time with voice commands Bagel you had an idea yeah I, well this isn't related to what we're talking about I just had one more subject I wanted to bring up regarding veterans before oh, well. we close out oh well Henry, did you have a suggestion for this? For the jacket? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get... Hold on, Bagel. Sorry. What about, like, uh, if it's, like, a heated jacket, like, it has sensors that can tell you... Yes. That would be excellent. And it yes. automatically heats up your jacket yes. as you're riding along. And heats up certain parts of you. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like what, I'm mm-hmm. saying, what I'm saying I is, like, my, like my torso is warmer than my arms. My arms are colder, so, like, it'll, it'll read your body temperature. My and nipples then, get really cold. Okay. <laughs> perfect thing for you. Just yeah. call Dial your, grandma. Call mom. <laughs> 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 He starts to get cold at Dolls. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, no. cold. <laughs> I've got soup for you, honey. Just come on by. No, uh, here's here's one nice. I'll say. Um, you know, I, and and I do have a lot of the gloves that are smart touch, but still, right. just trying to yeah. touch with your gloves on the phone is very hard. But if my sleeve was three times the size of the phone, and I could use, you know touch my sleeve you know then um, maybe that's a, a replacement for like the touch screen we've got a Nintendo I, power glove situation I don't mean to be um, flippant about it I would l- I would love to see the technology they're going to come in with but if we if we're truly into going to interface with our bikes and e- electronics on our bikes I believe voice command is the way forward because the great thing about voice command is you are just looking dead ahead. You're not taking your eye off the road. You're not taking your hands off the handlebars. Mm -hmm. You're in complete control of the bike and you're just talking. 
and I. Okay, I, so, I, you, so your input is we don't need this. It's <laughs> okay. Not, thank you. I'll take that to Google. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure about a motorcycle yeah. application. Yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. not. Well, the one I do like is the the temperature. I like that. The one. heating is dope. Yeah. That is awesome. Well. Yeah. You know, we have gotten to the end of the hour. Bagel's got one thing he really wants to say. Yeah, I just wanted to give uh, one reminder uh, to our listeners in California, uh, since it is Veterans Day, I wanted to remind everyone that uh, the state of California does issue uh, special license plates for motorcycles that honor veterans' organizations. Um, They have a series of 12 different uh, organizations, including AM Vets, uh, which Miles is from, uh, Mm -hmm. who started out the the show with. And uh, you can find these by going online by searching for California. California special interest motorcycle license plates. And awesome. uh, so, yeah, if you want Thank to uh, support you. veterans Thank organizations, it's a great cool. way to do it. Well, it's, it's so crazy with this new format of just doing like two one-hour shows that we're, we're so rushed. But we're about to record another hour. But this is the opportunity to say thank you, Heather, for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thank on. you. Thank you. Appreciate I really that. appreciate it. You're going to stay with us for the second half? Yeah. Awesome. Good. So... On that note, go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You'll find the link to everything there. And don't forget to look for the second episode coming out. We're going to be trying this. And send us those emails and feedback. Let us know how this is working for you. Also, you know, if if Heather's story touched you um, and, you know, you want to reach out to us, maybe I can put you in touch with Heather. She seems to be a solid person to, to come to for help. And she's Absolutely. got corgis. And she's got corgis. Corgis. And she'll probably ride to you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. This is Liza. Yeah, Jeremy, this is the part where you'd say your I'm, name. I'm, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> this is Doc. Bagel. Emma Dolly. Heather. Isaac. Morgan. Henry. Eric. And we're out of here. Cool. 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 cool.